Have you ever been doing something that you really love and time seems to have just slipped right through your fingertips? You thought you were doing it for 20 minutes and then you look at the clock and it's been three hours? Have you ever been lost in something like that? That we often call being in the zone and that is what we're gonna be talking today because it's actually called finding flow. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Wellness Simplified Podcast, simple wellness tips to help you improve your life without turning it upside down with your host, award-winning fitness instructor, nutrition coach, and wellness expert, Susie Fevens. Welcome back. Today is episode three in our mini series on finding more happiness in our lives. Today, we're going to be talking about flow, that being in the zone mentality. And it is characterized by losing track of time and being totally absorbed in the moment and what we are engaged in. So I hope, I hope, I think that everybody has at least one or two things in their life where they can lose track of time really quickly. One of the things for me is definitely reading. I can go to bed and plan to read for half an hour and the next thing I know it's 2 a.m. Not good, but it can happen because I get into the flow. For my husband, it's video games. He can lose track of time very easily. And this is still one of the concepts of positive psychology. And one of the forefathers of positive psychology, which I cannot begin to pronounce his name, his first name is M-I-H-A-L-Y, and his last name is a lot of C's, S's, K's, and Z's. Um, so I, I'm sorry, I, I can't uh, say it. I will put it in the show notes, though. Is best known for his work in this area, in the area of flow. So he defines flow as the state in which people are so involved in an activity that nothing else seems to matter. The experience itself is so enjoyable that people will do it even at great cost for the sheer sake of doing it. So in flow, there is a balance between skills and challenge and an increase in creativity and productivity is experienced. So this is where we can forget that the world around us is happening and feel happier after being 100% absorbed in an activity. So artists often can get to the flow. Um, flow does, it should always be positive, but it's not. So even in that definition where he said that people will do it even at great cost. So sometimes flow isn't always going to be a positive activity, um, but we're going to treat it as such because that's what our goal is here to find more happiness. Now, in our previous episode, we talked about the turbo boost button and finding those things in our life that really increase our happiness a lot. And it's kind of interesting because a lot of times it's those flow activities that will be those benchmarks on our happiness chart, especially if you're somebody who doesn't find time for those things that much. Like I said about reading and my husband likes video games and some people like to paint or knit or whatever it is. If you don't find time for that, not only are you losing out on those flow hours, but you're also losing out on that benchmark that's going to help increase your overall happiness. So this also comes together with mindfulness. Mindfulness and flow come together because we let go of judgment and expectations and immerse ourselves in the present moment just as it is. So obviously flow and yoga kind of go hand in hand. We have yoga flows, but that doesn't necessarily mean that every person that practices yoga experiences that flow. And I'm going to be honest, I don't 
think that I really experience flow during yoga. I will experience more flow during a meditation, but the type of workout where I experience the most flow, especially while teaching it, is Zumba toning. And there's a good reason for that. And remember, we also said that in flow, there's a balance between skills and challenge. And that is why Zumba toning helps me get more into a flow state and a lot of times with my participants as well because when you go to a regular Zumba class if you're a regular Zumbi especially if you're doing all routines that you know pretty well you can zone out and there's a difference between zoning out and being in the zone when you zone out you just kind of go on auto mode and you're not absorbed in what you're doing you're just letting what you're doing happen through you when you're in the zone, you're fully immersed in what you're doing. So you see the difference there? So a lot of times people will say that they like to go for a run or go to the gym and then they zone out. Zoning out is much different than being in the zone. Have you ever read um, a chapter in a book and you got to the end of the chapter and you were like, I have actually no idea what just happened in this chapter and you had to reread it? Uh, that is zoning out. If you were in the zone, you wouldn't realize that you even got to the end of the chapter because you'd be so immersed in the story that is being told. So don't confuse the two. I think that's a really important um, differentiation to make. So we're going to get back to being in the flow because obviously that is the purpose of this episode. But in the show notes, um, there's going to be a little chart that I'm sharing here that will help you to determine flow activities or how it sort of goes. So remember, we want to have the right amount of challenge to keep you engaged and you want to have the right amount of skill that you feel up to the challenge. So if you have a high challenge activity, it can sometimes give you anxiety if you're not very skilled at it, right? So if you're trying something really difficult, say if you go back to Zumba toning, if you went right into Zumba toning, never having taken Zumba, so you don't know any of the Zumba basic steps, it's probably going to give you more anxiety versus somebody who knows the basic steps of Zumba and is trying Zumba toning for the first time where we combine strength training with Zumba. And so they already know the Zumba moves so this is going to be a challenge, but their skill is already there so they can go into that flow because challenge and skill have met. When you have low challenge and a low skill, you can still experience flow. So if that same person went to, say, a Zumba Gold class, which is a slower, low-intensity version of Zumba. Well, I shouldn't say slower. It is a low-impact, low-intensity version of Zumba where there is verbal cueing. They would learn those basic steps. And at that point, that lower challenge would help get them into flow because they're being challenged at the right level. And then maybe they could try a more difficult version. And at the same or the flip, not the same, the flip side of that is if you have low skill and you have low challenge, you're more likely to be apathetic about whatever the task is and be kind of like, Meh, whatever. And then the other section of that is if you are highly skilled and it's a low challenge, you're just going to be bored. So, I mean, <laughs> there's lots of space in between, but generally speaking, if you have a low skill and a high challenge, you're going to have more anxiety. 
If you have a high challenge and higher skill, you're going to find that sweet flow spot. If you have high skill and it's a low challenge, you're going to get bored. And if you have low skill and a low challenge, you're going to be more apathetic. You're like, who cares? Like, whatever. So it's really important to remember that flow is not result driven. It is experience driven. So you don't have to be completely successful at the task in order to experience flow. So back to that same example of Zumba toning, your first Zumba toning class, you don't have to feel as though you like nailed everything. It's going to take a few classes before you kind of get the hang of it, even if you are used to Zumba, because you're still learning. The challenge is high enough that you're going to have to keep working towards it but it's an experience and you're enjoying the experience. You're fully immersed in the experience, not so much the results. Now, our friend whose name I cannot pronounce, who's not my friend at all, said that if we can live in a mindful state, engaged in the present moment and fully absorbed in what we are doing, we can experience inner harmony, giving our lives meaning. This is not an easy task to succeed at for extended periods of time. Continued practice and redirection of the mind, as well as goals that we are committed to working towards, can help us to achieve flow on a more frequent basis. Remember, flow is not result-driven, it is experience-driven. So we go to my husband's example of video games. It's not like he is beating a game every time he plays. A lot of times he's being challenged and he's having to repeat these same things over and over until he can overcome whatever obstacle is in the way. The point isn't the success. The point is the experience and getting into that flow state. And before I wrap this episode up, because this one's going to be a bit of a shorter one, I want to talk a little bit about monotasking versus multitasking. Have you ever really thought about that? We think about multitasking, but have you ever thought about monotasking? And mindfulness itself is monotasking. Getting into the flow is monotasking because you're so absorbed in that moment. Now, this is where we come full circle to that difference between being in the zone and zoning out. If mindfulness is monotasking, mindfulness can also help us get out of autopilot, that mode where we are zoning out and we get caught up in whatever is going on in our brain and we're just letting our body take over and do its thing but not paying attention to it. Mindfulness with children especially helps them to handle emotions better, test higher, and display more kindness and compassion. The use of mindfulness with yoga has been shown to improve well-being and emotional regulation as well as a reduction in judgment towards yourself. So mindfulness, mindfulness training, and training the mind in general help to interrupt conditioned responses to our lives. So if we put all those little bits and pieces together, finding more time to allow yourself to experience activities that put you in the flow is going to allow you to have a better emotional regulation you're going to have reduced judgment towards yourself, higher self-esteem, less self-criticism. You are going to have an improved well-being. Children are going to be able to handle emotions better, test higher, and display more kindness and compassion. So tell me again, 
how important are the arts and sports to our children? Because those are the things that get them in the flow. And I said our, as the collective hour, obviously I don't have children, but <laughs> those art projects, playing, all of those things that get them in the zone, they lose track of time, they are going to help them long term. And I'm going to go off on one more mini tangent before I wrap this up. If you cannot think of any items that or activities, not items, that put you in flow, in the flow state, I want you to think back to your childhood. What were the things that you loved to do the most? Because those were probably the things that put you in that flow state. And maybe you can go back to those specific activities or a different variation of that activity now to find your flow state. I would like to put in a petition, (laughs) there's no one to petition, to say that if you loved Lego as a child, when you are a grown adult, you probably should still be playing with Lego. Getting lost and creating something like that is really, it's a flow state. It absolutely is reading of video games. If you're an artist, all of those things, they all can put you in a flow state. So if you don't know where to start, look back to your childhood or look to your child. If they are your actual genetic genes, you probably share some of those same things. Maybe not, but if you're really stuck, see what your kids say. And when you ask them, well, what activity can you do? And you just lose time. Like it just flies by. Find out it might help give them direction moving forward. It might help you to learn how to encourage them to do more of those flow activities. And it may just give you another way to connect with your kids and understand them a bit better. So I've gone really off on a whole other, in a whole other realm here, but flow, finding flow, so important. If you listened to last week's episode and you haven't quite figured out what some of those things that you should put on your, um, your chart for those happiness high points, maybe it's finding more time for flow activities. Just going to put that out there. So have a wonderful weekend. Go find yourself some flow. And then I want you to share with me what it is that you did to get in that flow state. Tag me on Instagram or Twitter at Susie Confesses. Send me an email at info at susiefevens.ca or find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash confessions of a fitness instructor. Have a wonderful weekend and I will talk to you next week.